0: What's going on guys? Welcome back to another week of the Uproar Podcast. We weren't able to go live this week because we've got some big stuff going on in the sanctuary for our New Year's Eve service here. But we're excited to be back with you guys. We're on the podcast channel as always. Uh, you know, we, we love having you guys here. We want to take a minute to invite you to go ahead and share it. Uh, you know, Go ahead and, and screenshot it or put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, scroll to the bottom, give us a five star review. Uh, You know, just help us get this podcast out there to as many people as we possibly can. Today, what we're going to cover is really unfolding who is God, because I feel like a lot of times, you know, people will get saved and they'll start listening to what people are telling them to do at church and following the stereotypical do's and don'ts, but they don't really know why and they don't really know who God is or what his purpose is in their life. So that's what we're going to cover today. Honestly, there's so many amazing things inside of him and most people have no
1: idea who he actually is and what he can actually do for us. So today we're going to, we're going to unwrap that. We're going to talk about it. I love John 10, 10 as we get into this though, the Bible teaches us this, that the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy, but I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. See, I see uh, there's a lot of people, they blame God for their problems. We need to make sure blame goes to the right person. And that's the devil. When we blame God, what happens? The devil wins twice. We lose faith and his attack works. But ultimately, God is the one that we need to turn to. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 7 says it like this. It says, The Lord shall shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way. And check this out. And they will flee from you seven ways. Now, why do you think they flee from you seven ways when they come at you one way? See, the truth is God is so multifaceted. There's actually seven redemptive names of God. And it's such a cool idea. It's such a cool thing. And it's not that God is seven different things. It's just seven different characteristics and what he does for us. And when the devil comes at you one way, guess what? When you stand on the word of God, when you stand in faith, when you stand on who he is, the Lord is going to send that attack going out seven ways because he has seven redemptive qualities about him. We want to talk about those seven redemptive qualities with you even today.
0: Yes. Yeah, so the first one we're going to cover today is Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. I love it. And Psalm 23. You know, what's so cool about this too, is when you think about it, and I've heard it taught this way many times, and it's a way that I understand it too, is that, you know, he is Jehovah. Yes. And He was all of these seven names long before anyone discovered that he was these seven names. But everyone always knew that he was Jehovah. And then as they went through and they discovered new things in their life that they needed him to overcome— They discovered that he was different things in different areas of life. So, you know, when they were distressed or when they needed guidance, when they needed leadership, he was Jehovah-Ra. He was their shepherd. He was their guider. He was their path. He was their direction to where they were headed to go. But he was always Jehovah-Ra long before they ever knew that. But it was a new revelation that not only was he jehovah but he was Jehovah Ra. He would be their shepherd. The second thing that people that was that was uncovered was that he was Jehovah Jireh. He was the Lord that provides. So you know they found out that he was Jehovah Ra. He would be their shepherd, and then they found out that he's also Jehovah Jireh. He yep. would also be the God that provides for them. Yeah, I love it.
1: We find that in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh. Yeah. And it is said to this day, it is the mount where the Lord shall be seen. But that is the Lord is my provider. When he was about yeah. to sacrifice his son, like we talked about last week on the podcast, the Lord provided what he needed in the moment. Can I tell you, the Lord will provide what you need in the moment yeah. if he's the Lord of your life. So many people try to call him as as their provider, but they don't tithe. They don't give. They're not. Mm-hmm. He's not the Lord of their life it's just an escape route but when he's truly your Lord guess what you're good he's yeah. going to take care of you he sees the issues he sees whatever lack is in your life and he wants to provide mm-hmm. the same God that sees them he knows how to correct them yeah. and when the enemy is messing with your supply know that you serve the one who provides. Actually, the Bible says if you sow, if you tithe, he'll rebuke the devourer. And that's in Malachi chapter 3. we got to make sure that when he's the Lord of our finances, when he's the Lord of our life, guess what? Not only is he our provider, but he rebukes, which means he yells at, he turns away the one that's going to try to destroy and take what God is placing into our lives. Mm -hmm. He is all that we need when it comes to provision and that's not just money but every provision we need he's there to provide it
0: for us he knows what it what we need and he knows how to take care of it yeah it's so true and when you start thinking about the like when you start thinking about finances and money and him being a provider i see so often that people don't see him as jehovah jireh there because they go on the belief that it's a promise to them that they're going to have finances come back to them, that it's a promise. But that's where the mistake is, that finances are not a promise, they're a covenant. See, a covenant is much different than a promise, because a promise just states, I promise I'm going to give you this. It's all on me. You didn't do anything to require me to promise you this. I just said, I promise I'm going to give you money. But see, a covenant says, if you do this, then because you did that, I'll do this. So the reason that I see so many people, they don't get to experience him as Jehovah Jireh in that realm is because they ignore the law of seed time and harvest. The Bible says as long as summer and winter and spring and fall, there will always be seed time and harvest. It is a law that has been from the beginning and it will be at the end. When you sow, you must Reap a harvest. It's it's a contract with God. There is even I see it work even in people's lives that aren't saved. They don't even understand the principle. It is a law. Seed time and harvest has to work every single time. Yeah, and it's great. Philippians four nineteen says
1: it like this: But my God shall supply all your need according mm-hmm. to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Look all of them. I don't know how big it is. I don't know what what the provision you need is, but my God will supply all of your needs mm-hmm. according to his riches and his glory. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but he is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Mm-hmm. It's not what you feel like. It's not what you think like it is the truth that Jesus Christ, that God Almighty is our provider. And I love it because guess what? He's not only our shepherd, he's not only our provider, but he's also our healer. Also, if, you, if you're talking about the Bible, it's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals and restores our soul. That's who he is. They found this out in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. And it goes like this, and said, if and this is in the King James, y'all, so hold on. If thou will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on thee, on, upon you, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Ready? For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Yeah. The Lord heals us. First, uh, you look at Isaiah chapter 53, he bore those stripes, he died on the cross, he was broken for our sin and our iniquities. He was he took care of that, but also to heal our bodies. By his stripes we were healed. And if you look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24, it says by his stripes we were are healed. Not only present, but past tense. He is the healer. He heals people. He doesn't place sickness on us Mm -hmm. like he did the Egyptians, but as a believer in Jesus Christ, he's a healer of every single sickness, every single disease from the nose sniffle, all the way to cancer, all the way to AIDS, whatever it is,
0: the Lord heals. Yeah, it's so true. And you know what I want to also shed light on here is that you'll see in that verse, he says, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. I see so many people, you know, it's funny, the Bible, there's no shortage of reading and studying to be done in the Bible. But people are always looking for a clause to think that they've outsmarted what what Pentecostals believe about God. It doesn't mean that he physically placed sickness on the Egyptians. If you actually do a little bit of homework, see, that's the other thing, is people don't want to research anything. They want to read it, and then they don't want to dig any deeper than that. They see, ha, I disproved it. It doesn't mean that he literally brought sickness on. On the Egyptians. If you study the actual tense of the word and you look up the original translation from the, this specific text and many others, it actually means he allowed. It doesn't mean that he placed it, it means that the sickness was in the world and that he allowed it to come upon them because they weren't under his protection. Never will you find a place in the Bible where when you actually use the tools given that you'll be able to find where he had physically created and placed a sickness upon his people. You won't find it. It's true. And I love, uh, I love, where's this verse, uh, Third John chapter 2 says,
1: Beloved, I wish all things that thou might prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Oh. I love even Jehovah Rapha. It's not just heals our body; it restores our soul. Yeah. He wants to take care of. Guess what? Every provision in every lack in our physical body. He wants to restore. He wants to heal. He wants to take care of these things. You won't find in the Bible where, where Jesus didn't want to heal anybody. He wanted to heal every single person, and that has not changed. He didn't just die on the cross for our sin. He also died on the cross for our sickness. It wasn't just His blood that was spilled. It was His body that was broken. You can look through the whole Old Testament and New Testament. It is a combination of the blood and the body every single time. His goal and His plan was always to bring healing, ...to the body and healing to our souls so we can have an eternity with him. It's a combination. People have other doctrines, but they're wrong. You can look all the way back to Moses holding up a snake on a stick... It was still about healing. God still wants to heal. He still wants to set us free. He still wants to bring us to the next place. And I promise you, whatever you're dealing with today, not only does he want to lead you, not only does he want to provide for you, but he also wants to heal you in every single place and every single portion of your body.
0: Yeah, and not only does he want to heal you, but he also wants to be your righteousness, which they refer to as Jehovah canoe. Uh, Jeremiah three six says like this, In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby, whereby he shall be called the Lord our I righteousness. Love I love it. Righteousness is a position we hold in God's eyes. Righteousness isn't something that... We internally have righteousness isn't something right. that you know we can do on our own. Right- the Lord is our righteousness. Without relationship with God, you can't be viewed as righteous. You can't be righteous. No. And you can't, through your own strength, attain righteousness. No, definitely And this not. is what they were uncovering here when they, when they discovered this revelation that he was their righteousness. They came upon the revelation of the fact that they can't do it on their own strength. They can't do it on their own works. They can only do it through God. He is the only form of righteousness that we have. And it's true. And, and it's so vital and so important. Our righteousness is through Christ. Mm-hmm. In Romans chapter
1: 3, verse 26 says it like this To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believes in Jesus. Guess what? We're justified because of our belief Mm -hmm. and he is the justifier of the saints and through him, we have justification. I don't know what the devil's trying to say about you. I don't know what he's trying to throw back at you, but in the sight of Jesus, you are righteous because he is our righteousness. Mm -hmm. He is our covering. He is our protection and inside of his righteousness. That's how Christ now sees us as a believer. And here's another one that so many people deal with. They struggle with it so much. This generation is struggling so much with with depression, anxiety, suicide. We've talked about this in past podcasts, but I love this next name of God Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. Will you say that with me real quick? The Lord is my peace. Mm -hmm. It is a personal thing. He is my peace. I don't know what the storm is, but I know he's my peace. I don't know how big it looks, but I know he's my peace. I don't know how long it's been. I don't know how scary it is, but he is my peace. And you don't have to struggle and strive. We find this in Judges chapter six, verse 23 and 24. The Lord said unto him, peace be unto you, fear not. You will not die. Then Gideon built an altar there for the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Can I tell you? He built this on the forefront of war. And he didn't avoid war, but he went into war. Even in war, even in battle, and you should be having battle and war in this life. Not that you're going to get beat down, but the devil is going to try to attack you if you're doing anything for God. But anytime you're doing things for Christ, there will be something standing against you. And anytime there's something standing against you, you still have access to the peace of God. You don't have to struggle, you don't have to strife, you don't have to go down with anxiety and all this foolishness. The God of peace is right there for you. And with you, what he did is he built an altar and then he went to war. He went to war with peace, knowing that God was on his side. He went to war with peace, knowing that he had the victory in his hand because God had called him already for it. Look, Jesus talked about it in John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-seven. He says, "Peace I leave with you; my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but I give you. Not let not your heart be troubled, troubled. Neither let it be afraid." Philippians four six and seven. Be careful, be anxious or distracted for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, the goal is to give him all those anxiousness, all that worry, and his peace will surpass that. His peace will, will overmind it. His peace will destroy it and bring you to a place that you can move forward in what God has called you to do.
0: Yeah, it, and it's, it is biblical that you will that there will be opposition it's biblical that there'll be things coming Matthew 16 says the gates of hell shall not prevail well it wouldn't bring that up if they weren't trying to prevail
1: yeah, but true. it is
0: unscriptural for you to be defeated it, you know when I read this and when I think about him being our peace it brings me back a few months ago we were uh, me and my wife and some friends of ours were traveling and uh, the house that we rented we got home one night late and we found out that the house we rented had been robbed. So we came in the house and, uh, you know, my friend's wife went into their bedroom and my wife went into ours. And his wife came running out and said, our TV's missing. And my wife came out and said, you know, all of our suitcases have been emptied out. Uh, you know, all my jewelry's gone. Your watch is gone. Our, You know, the wall. everything was, I mean, they had ransacked the whole house. They had gone through every cabinet, uh, right down to every cell phone charger. They took every iPhone charger. Um, you know, and it was funny because to be able to have the reaction that we did, <clears throat> you know, we didn't look at it as anything out of the ordinary. We, you know, obviously there was a moment of frustration. Uh, you know, there's a moment to think, man, I can't believe that someone was in our house. Uh, I can't believe someone took our stuff, you know, man, what an aggravation this is. So, you know, as people normally would, we called the police and they took a little while to get over cause it was about two o'clock in the morning. And when the police arrived, they knocked at the front door and they found us sitting at the dining room table eating breakfast at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'll never forget this. This is in when it really morning, clicked. Huh? It's when, this is when it really clicked in my spirit. The police officer said, Man, I don't know who you guys are, but you're reacting very, very well for a group of people who just lost all of their stuff. And it really clicked with me then that, you know, you can get so vetted into this thing. You can get so tightly knit with God that you don't have to walk around violently quoting scripture 13 hours a day. You can get to a point where it is literally vetted into who you are. Where you don't even—it's not like a, you don't have to force yourself to go to Scripture and be like, "Well, normally I'd be mad and start cussing, but He is the Lord my peace, so I guess I won't do that." No, He is the Lord our peace. We didn't—it's who He is, and He lives inside of us, so we didn't even have to think about it. We had a moment of frustration. We knew that the Lord would replace everything we had because it's in the Bible. We believe yeah. everything that's in the Bible. So after that realization came over that He was going to bring all our stuff back to us. It was over. There was nothing left to do. We had the police come to the house to check for fingerprints simply so that, you know, justice could be served to whoever it was that took the stuff. But there was no more stress after that. As a matter of fact, we laughed and joked for a couple weeks following about the fact that you know, it was like an investment because the Bible says that it'll be returned back to you seven times over. You know, we were laughing, boy, what a bad house for this guy to rob. It says, you know, the Bible says even if he has to sell everything he has to repay it, he'll have to do so. So it wasn't a, a stressful time. We had a, a moment of aggravation, and then we moved on because he was the Lord, our peace. Yeah, and look, God has not given us a spirit of fear, yeah. but of what? Of power,
1: love, and a sound mind. Look, when the enemy comes for your peace, you need to remind him. You need to do this personally, that God has promised us peace In any storm, any Mm -hmm. situation, every single day, He is absolutely our peace. So I don't care what it is. He is your peace in this moment. You don't operate in a spirit
0: of fear. Mm -hmm. You operate in power, love, and thirdly, a sound mind. Yeah, and I think this next one is so important too. He is Jehovah Shema. He is present. Oh, I love it. In all these situations, in everything that we've uncovered so far, that He is our shepherd, He is our healer. He is our provider and He is our peace. The only way He can be those four things is if He is present in our lives, yeah. and we know that that's true every single day, through every situation, through any sickness, through any area that may look like lack, through any depression, through all that. The Lord is present, Amen. Every even time. when it feels like He's not, even when the world would have you to believe. Look at you know, and I. It's so funny because the devil never has any new tricks. If you listen to most older preachers. They'll tell you about a point in time where either them or one of their family members became sick. And the devil always says the same thing. Well, I thought you were a healer. Where's your God now? You can't even heal yourself or you can't even heal your kid or you can't even heal your brother or whatever it is. And the devil would lead you to believe that the Lord isn't there. But you see, almost all the guys that I know that have said this or have this as a testimony – They don't use these exact words, but they show you that they knew the Lord was present. They resisted the devil. They ignored what he was saying. And the Lord came through just like he does every other time because he's always present in your life. He
1: said in Matthew 18, 20 to his disciples, and lo, I am with you even until the end of the age. Mm -hmm. He's there. The devil will try to make you feel like you're alone. Yeah. And if you feel like you're alone and forget that God's right there, you'll walk around like like a pathetic person that's going to get destroyed. You're not pathetic. You have literally the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one whose name is above every name and every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Lord. He's right there with you every single day. You're not pathetic. But what's crazy is, the you know who loses? If you ever watched like the National Geographic shows where the lion is out hunting? You want to know the Impala that always dies is the one that's alone. Mm-hmm. It's never. It's not always the fastest. It could be the fastest one that dies. It could be the smartest one that dies. The dumbest one that dies. It could be the oldest one that dies. But it's always the one that's alone that mm-hmm. dies. Can I tell you, you're not alone, and you don't have to die. You don't die in the name of Jesus, but because He's right there with you. Think you about don't what have Romans.
0: Think about what Romans eight says. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Apply that to any situation that's in your life right now. Apply that to any situation. You won't find anybody who listens to this podcast, or even anyone who doesn't, that was in a worse situation than Jesus. You think you have lack in your life right now? Jesus had complete lack. You think you have sickness in your life right now? Jesus' organs were literally shut down. He was dead. He (laughs) was decomposing in the grave. There was nothing that you will experience in life that is worse than the place that Jesus was when he was in the tomb. But you know what happened? That spirit came into him and filled him with life. That spirit came in and it filled every void. It healed every sickness. It it provided for every need and it brought him right back to complete life. And that same spirit dwells in you today.
1: Yeah. Look, he's not 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 only is he with us cuz he's omnipresent, but he's inside of us. He's with you today. So I don't care. I don't know what it is. I don't know if you feel like you're alone. You might feel like you're alone. That's not the truth. As a believer in Jesus Christ, he's in you and he's with you every single mm-hmm. day. Let me ask you this too. What does Romans eight thirty one say? If God is with us, Who Who can can be be against us? us? Look, God's with you. So the question is, who is stronger than God? Mm -hmm. Who can withstand the power and the presence of God? Who can destroy God? I'd love for you to tell me who can do it. Your answer will always be nobody. Mm -hmm. Number seven, ready? He's not only our shepherd, not only our provider, Mm -hmm. not only our healer, not only our righteousness, not only our peace. Not only is he here, but he is my victory. Exodus 17, verse verse 15. And Moses built an altar and and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, which Mm -hmm. is the Lord is my victory. Again, if God is with me, who can be against me? Because Mm -hmm. he is my victory. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. Ready? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Yeah. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I don't know what it looks like, what it feels like. It might be scary, but you don't have to accept it. Faith is declaring that Jesus, that that Jesus secured on the cross for us, the victory that we're praying for and believing for. Mm-hmm. First John five verse four says it like this. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is our victory that has overcome the world. Even our Faith. Can I tell you, your faith in Christ brings the victory that is his name, the victory over every battle, no, no matter how big, no matter how bad, it is absolutely the win. Here's the key though, our obedience to God in all seven of these, ready, you want all seven of these active in your life, it is by obedience and love, and our obedience, our love for God causes invincibility to the world. Yeah, That's what God has promised. Those seven redemptive names. You're invincible to the world and what the things, uh, things of the devil will try to throw at you. When you're obedient and you have an active, loving
0: relationship with him, you are invincible to the things of the world. I like how Bishop David Oyedepo says it. He says that there's a lot of keys to the kingdom, but there's one master key. And the master key is always holiness. When you have right relationship with God you love Him with a pure heart, and you have complete holiness, you have access to all seven of these names. He will show up and be all seven of these things in your life. But the master key to it all is to live a holy lifestyle, and the only way you live a truly holy lifestyle is, is to have a love real relationship and love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, body, yeah. strength,
1: love with everything. Ready? Here's the keys. Number one, you have to know what the heck you what you have access to. So many Christians don't have access because they don't know. You need to read your Bible. Look, the devil's been defeated. He's been made a public show of he looked like an idiot publicly, but he'll never look like an idiot in your life if you never know what God has already done and what he's already accomplished. Next I mean, you got to trust God. you got to actually have faith that he's going to do it. Uh, you got to believe that he's going to do it. Next, hold fast to what God has promised us. Mm-hmm. Don't give up. Don't look side to side. Hold on to what God has promised, and he'll bring it into your life. And the next thing you need to do is give praise and thanks. Because God will come through. He'll come one way, but go fleeing seven ways when you don't give up, when you don't look side to side, but you hold on to the promises of God. That's what we need to do. We need to know. We need to let it be active. We need to make sure we trust. We need to make sure that we hold on and we give prayer. We give thanks. And we make sure
0: that we never give up. Because God will come through. Yeah, the Bible says do not grow weary in well-doing. in a ha- good season. He wouldn't have said that if there wasn't a natural tendency to grow weary in doing oh, what yeah. was right. Everything that's in the Bible is there for a reason. So remember that. The next time you face any of these situations, no matter what it is, whether it's peace, direction, sickness, provision, knowing that he's with you, no matter what area of your life it is, just remember, I'm not going to give up. I know what his word says. I know he's there with me. I know he's going to heal me. I know he's going to provide for me. I know he's going to give me direction. Whatever it is, the Lord's going to be there, and he's going to fulfill what his word says he'll fulfill.
1: Awesome. Hey, guys, we love you. We're so excited that you were able to listen to this today. We really believe these seven redemptive names, you have access to them. And we believe that your friends, your family members, even people you don't like, they should all be able to know what God has done for them as he's done it for you, we'd love for you to share this, like this, let somebody know about it, you can text it to them, you can share it right to social media, but we'd also love to see you at one of the one night events we have coming up in Rochester, Scranton, and right outside of Pittsburgh. Also, there's an invite. We're only allowing 40 youth pastors and leaders to come March 18th, 19th, and 20th for our leadership conference the very first year. And most importantly, Uproar Conference July 25th, 26th, and 27th in Elmira, New York. For more information on any of these, you can go to Uproar.org and make sure you get connected to us on all social media platforms.